What is going on, Fantasy Alarm family? My name is Justin Fensterman, along with Matt Sells and Ryan Hallam, and this is another episode of the Family Times Podcast here on FantasyAlarm.com, getting towards the end of NBA, end of NHL, knee-deep into baseball, the NFL draft behind us, so fantasy football always on our mind. Guys, what's going on, Selzy? How are things? I'm doing pretty well. Um, got my second COVID shot here yesterday. Doing better than our colleague, Mr. James Grande. How you feeling? Um, I feel good so far. It's been uh, about 26 hours since I got the shot. 27 hours since I got the shot. So you're in the clear. We'll, we're we'll in see. the clear. We'll see. It took like a, a little more than a day for stuff to show up for the first one, and then I got the headache. But you know. Hopefully I don't get violently ill because I got a, a pretty busy week the rest of the week. So, <laughs> yeah, Ryan, Ryan, you realize that if for some reason cells gets impacted in the next twenty four hours, you're next in line, man. You're in charge. You know that, right? For, uh, I'll be pumping out all the NASCAR content to get you guys to lose all of your lineups uh, <laughs> if Selzy goes down. But yeah. Uh, I am, I'm here, man. I'm here for you. You, you bailed me out a lot. I, I'm here when, if you need any help, buddy. Did you lose money in that risk-free contest? On yeah, I won, th- I won the $3 back that I put into it. I appreciate it. <laughs> there you <laughs> Al- go. Al Mora gave me like negative points. In that oh yeah. He, uh, he only lasted about seven laps until he decided to mess up his uh, whole car. That was huh. not great. I mean, I don't know how you didn't see that happen ahead of time. Why didn't you tell me that was going to happen? You know. <laughs> yeah, we talked about this, Cells. We've talked about this on the radio, too. You realize as a fantasy analyst, you're not allowed to get anything wrong. You realize no. that. Never. Well, to be fair, I was up 2800 bucks with five laps to go, and then <sighs> Christopher Bell dropped back four spots, and I only won 150 bucks. Mm-hmm. So, Bro, that's like 15 Chipotle dinners. That's yeah, man, awesome. but it's like the worst 150 bucks I feel about, <laughs> like, so far, because... <laughs> When you're sitting there and nobody crashes out, nothing major happens. It's just a guy whose car gave up on him for five laps. It's disappointing. Right, right. No, absolutely. No, I get that. But, hey, at least you still won money, which is very, very good here. Guys, let's talk about something that, you know, we've been talking about a lot at this point in the fantasy baseball season and in general, and that is – Trading, And this is something I was thinking about before. You know, one of the things that I struggle with in fantasy football, the other fantasy sports, I find it a lot easier to bail on a player to know when to bail. Fantasy football is tough. Remember, guys, being in this industry, we are spending most of our time creating nothing, creating paranoia, looking at matchups, trying to create narratives in our minds, some that don't even exist. So the problem is because we're so thirsty for more action and will this player come through and you only get one game a week, especially in football, I've struggled with knowing when to bail on a player. So guys, whether it's in any fantasy sport, how long do you normally give before you bail on a player? To me, I think it's very different. I mean, I won't speak to basketball because that's not really my forte, but to me, I think it's hugely different between baseball and football. Like, Baseball, I'm, I tend to give a much longer leash, uh, and I used to be that way in football too. And then one year came around, and I was like, "Oh, I waited five weeks, and this player sucked for four of them, and I could have picked up a B or C player that you know started out hot and stayed hot." So, for me, fantasy football has got to be a much, much, much shorter leash than fantasy baseball. 
Yeah, I would agree. I mean, it's, you know, you're playing, what, 16 weeks of fantasy football, so everybody goes, well, you know, it's a decently long season and there's 26 weeks in baseball. Yeah, but you're only getting one game a week in football. So if they're going to suck for, like, two straight weeks in what should be good matchups, then I'm done with them. In baseball, there's a lot more extenuating circumstances as to why a guy might not be good. Like, for example, let's take Luis Castillo this year. Everybody had him as a top-five starting pitching option heading into the season, right? Right. He has sucked. He's been atrocious. In my season-long league, I have to keep playing him because there's an innings minimum, and right now I only have five healthy starters. If I take him out, I'm not going to hit the innings minimum, which means i got to eat his problem with with ratios. Why is he terrible? Probably because they shipped his his catcher out of town. Right? Changing catcher. He doesn't like throwing to who he's throwing to. So things as minute as that can completely change your outlook on a player. Right? Could they be coming off of injury? Are they typically slow starters? Because that's the other thing in baseball. Is it is a guy typically a slow starter and you've got to wait for him to show up in the second, third, fourth months of the seasons. If that's the case, you got to know that going in, and you can't panic uh, when he's not doing anything in April when you look at his career stat line and he bats 200 in April for his career, right? So um, for me, it's clearly different in each sport. Baseball, I give people a little longer leash because the season is 162 games. Uh, it's a very long slug of a season. Uh, it's also why it's, generally speaking, the hardest fantasy sport to win a league in. Because uh, there's just so many ins and outs you have to pay attention to on a weekly basis. I'll so, also say, uh, sorry, Funcy, but there's a, a phrase in football you know, that they don't say in baseball, playing the hot hand. Uh, you know, managers tend to let baseball players, especially you know, struggling hitters, work it out. You know, it's, it's going to come. It's just a matter yep. of time. They go through cold streaks. Football, especially like a running back, you get a kid comes off the bench and, and has 10 carries for 80 yards and a touchdown. All of a sudden, the next week, maybe he's taking over the job or maybe he's taking a, a significantly part of the job. Uh, so, you know, it seems like leashes in real life in football and baseball are, are very different as opposed to how coaches and managers handle things, too. Stells, I'm looking at some players here that have gotten off to somewhat slow starts here, and I'm just going to kind of throw in Ryan. Of course, you're in industry leagues as well. So I'm just going to throw a few names at you guys, and you can tell me whether or not you are worried of truly worried about them, or if maybe they are notorious for getting off to slow starts and we can see them bouncing back. The three players I'll give you are Michael Conforto, Teoscar Hernandez, and Brandon Lau. Sells, what do you think of those players that have struggled in the early going? So, Brandon Lau is on one of my fantasy teams. I actually kept him in my home league. He is a guy that strikes out a lot. He has been for the last two and a half seasons. It's what comes with the territory. When you strike out a lot, you're selling out for power. When he makes contact, the ball goes over the fence. When he doesn't, he's going to carry a a low batting average, right? So, these are things where if you need a power-hitting middle infielder, stick with Brandon Lau. If you don't like the average that comes with it, It's a little tough to bail out at second base because second base isn't exactly the deepest fantasy position. But know that he's also one of the guys that's almost always in the Rays lineup, right? Kevin Cash mixes and matches guys all over the place, and Brandon Lau is one of the guys who's almost always in the lineup. Conforto, the entire Mets offense sucks. 
The entire Mets offense it, it has does. sucked. Actually, actually, all the one player that was good, Brandon Nimmo, the one player right. who was actually hitting, then got hurt. Shot. Right, because he got hit by a pitch and has a bruised hand or yeah. Um, so that's kind of one of those things where you need some other people around you to start getting warm, so you get pitches to hit, or in Conforto's case, can just lean into and take it in the middle of the strike zone and get hit <laughs> on the elbow. Um, so Conforto is is a guy who I would I have no problem sticking with Conforto. His numbers are going to be there at the end of the year. It's more so the Mets' entire offense has been terrible. They also fired their hitting coach. Uh, Tiasco Hernandez starts slow every single year. It's just a thing with him, right? Like every year we get the questions is, well, I drafted Tiasco because his numbers were so awesome last year. Okay. Did you see how they came? Right? Like he's like the Mike Evans of fantasy baseball, right? If you look at Mike Evans, you go, oh, he got 1200 yards and 10 touchdowns. He's a wide receiver. Number one. Did you actually look at how he got those numbers? Because I guarantee you all of those numbers showed up in eight games. There's going to be half the season where Mike Evans is going to be flipping terrible, and there's going to be the other half where he's going to be untouchable, and you have to play him. But good luck figuring out which games those are. So that's kind of my assessment on those three guys. I mean, there's not too much for me to add there. I think you covered it all pretty well. I'm not giving up on any of those three guys either. No. Uh, you know, Lau may be the shortest leash, but like Matt said, I mean, second base, where are you going, really? Let's be honest. I mean, maybe if you're in a, a smaller league where – Jazz Chisholm wasn't drafted, and you know I know he's hurt and right he's now. Somehow he's somehow still he, available after yeah, that hot start. <laughs> he's he was he went on the DL or IL, so maybe you know. So I mean, but that's that's he's supposed pretty, to be back next week. Yeah, I think he's on a rehab assignment now or tomorrow, so that should be. Uh, but yeah, second base is is rough, so I don't think you have any any choice. And I think Lau's proven he's a pretty decent hitter. Like he does strike out a lot, but I mean. He is still batting middle of the order or you know, the middle of the order hitter. So I think he'll be fine. Conforto, uh, it, it's going to be there. And, and uh, Teoscar, it took me a while to come around on him, but I, I was all in on him this year. I have him in a couple teams, and, and I'm definitely not bailing on him. Thanks, but let me ask you guys something, because as someone that does waivers coverage for the site, I think that if I'm looking on Yahoo, let's just say, I'm not going to suggest picking up a player that is rostered in over 40% of leagues. If it's under 40, I'll write about the player. To me, that player is in a, available enough leagues, taking the dead leagues into account in the percentage as well. And then when I've gone to Ronis, he's like, you just can't tell. Well, you need some kind of standard here. You don't have access to millions of people's leagues. So let me ask you guys this. When suggesting waivers for the respective sports, What's the percentage that you look for on the site when recommending players? I think the standard is 50, uh, to be honest. You go, uh, you go as high as 50. I it don't means one out of every two leagues, the guy's going to be open. Yeah, I, I understand. I, but, but, like, why is Ronis going after me then when I'm saying, hey, this guy is only rostered in 25% of leagues on Yahoo? I, I mean, that, that to me shows that even with the dead leagues, He's pretty available. And see, you don't play in high-stakes leagues like Adam Ronis right. does with the best of the best and 30-man benches and all of this. You play against the slugs and your jagoff friends where these yep. guys are available. It's so like you've heard why. this before. <laughs> I may have done a couple of things with Ronis. So yes, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I mean, if again, like Sal says, that's one out of two. 
I mean, our audience is not just high stakes players with thirty man benches. No, I say more of our audience. I don't know. I think I think the audience is is bigger uh, for the more casual players than than the high stakes people laying ten grand down on the team. Trade in the NFBC. You can't do that. How do we talk about these high stakes leagues? In length, when you can't even trade, when a big reason why people love playing fantasy sports is the fact of trading. Yeah, I mean, well, okay. So the high stakes leagues, I'm in a home league where we do have trading, but it's pretty hard to trade. Like, there, you're in a league with a bunch of really smart, adept fantasy baseball players. So there is trading. I've made a couple of trades this year, but generally speaking, draft day is the be-all, end-all in those leagues. And that's where you put your wits up against people. It's not, can I make a trade mid-season for a guy who's gotten off to a better start than anybody thought? It's, can I draft the guy who's going to get off to a better start than anybody else thought? Can I get ahead of the curve on this guy? So, um, now, prospects, it's a little different when we're talking about waiver wire pickups and whatever, because each league format is different, right? Like in... Uh, NFBC, they won't add if all prospects are available in the draft, right? But if they're not drafted, they no longer show up in your player pool until they make their MLB debut. So if a guy like Jared Kalinick wasn't drafted, which, by the way, he should have been, but if he wasn't drafted, some leagues you're not going to be able to pick him up until Thursday because he's not there and he's slated to make his MLB debut on Thursday, right? So prospects, it's a little different. Personally, I honestly don't care about roster percentage. Um, when I'm telling people to pick people up, it's all about gut feel, what I think they're going to do the rest of the time, if they're important to pick up now. And again, it's also going to depend on who you're dropping, because we get questions all day, every day, about, hey, I heard the buzz about this guy. Is this guy awesome? Should I pick him up? Well, who are you dropping? And then you list four dudes who I'm are all starters. <laughs> right. That's always like my first question. You're right. Who are you dropping? Cause right, that's the because that's the most important. I'm like, if you're, if you've got some scrub who hasn't done anything, but is just holding a roster spot. Cause you don't have anybody else. Fine. Drop him. I'm dropping cool. Stefan Diggs. <laughs> but like, don't, Right. Don't go, oh, I heard buzz about this guy. He's had an awesome week and um, whatever. And then you come to me and you've got four top ten round draftees that you're sitting there going, well, I could drop one of these guys. No. You're not going to drop one of those guys for a guy who's having a really good week. That's, that's just not going to happen. Well, that's a lot of fun. A lot of things that we get about it. By the way, one more question about trading here. Are you guys, when it comes to your trade styles, and this is just your opinion, are you more of when it comes to going after a trade, just proposing some kind of lopsided trade to start with? Or do you try to sidebar the league mate, have a conversation, and then maybe start to formulate some deals that are on the website that go back and forth? Because I know a bunch of people, and it annoys the piss out of me, that Go give me a trade that I would never in a million lifetimes accept. And when you reject it and you write in a little note, you're an ass. Why do this? Then there's, oh, you got to start somewhere. I hate that. No, because then you look like an asshole who can't trade, right? <laughs> like, 
my trading style is I scour the guys' rosters for things that I need, right? I'm trying to improve my team, but I'm also not trying to do it in a matter that's going to screw the other guy or the other girl out of, you know, a solid roster, right? I don't want to be the one that that fleeces people because then your trade options are going to dry up really, really quickly. So I scour people's roster. I see, okay, you've got depth here. You've got a weakness here. I've got depth where you have a weakness. You've got depth where I have a weakness. Let's see if we can't make something match, right? And so I go, hey, I'm interested in players X, Y, and Z. Is there anybody that intrigues you on my roster? And then you've started a base of, I like this guy, so find something in the range of that value that we could then build right. off of. I don't go, oh, I like Ozzy Albies, and here's, uh, you know, Bubba Gump for Ozzy Albies. <laughs> Bubba Gump shrimp is what they call it. <laughs> I'm like, I like Ozzy Albies. Is there, I notice you're weak in pitching. Is there a starting pitcher that you would like? Or, you know, who intrigues you? So that's kind of my my trade style there. My name I is can... Benjamin Buford Blue. My friends call me Bubba. I can see him playing right field, Bubba Gump. As a good, solid right fielder. Not sure why. I think he's in left, so he has more time to name all the things you can do with shrimp. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, I'm the same way as Matt. If you come at me with the lopsided thing, conversation's over. It doesn't yep. even start. Because uh, that just turned me off that you're, you don't, you know, you're either here to to try to pull one over on me, which you're not going to do, or two, you, you, you know, you don't know what you're talking about. Uh, which also shuts it down. So if you, I, I've had leagues with people like that. I, I, the other one I hate is the one that tries to sell me why the guy they're trading away is so great and the why my guy sucks. I'm like, well, then I don't know why you're interested in this. I, I hate the used car salesman approach. Oh, well, your guy's you know, one for his last 14, and my guy's got seven right. straight hits. Well, then why are you trying to make the trade, ass? Well, don't try to talk to me like I'm an idiot. An exception. I've got an exception. I put my style of trading, you're trading out of position of need. So if I am trading a player that I, or if I'm trading my player who I, who I feel is better than your player that you're giving back, but that player is filling a need that I'm desperately in need of, then I might try to sell you as, because you'd probably be wondering why I'd be giving up the best player of the deal. And I would try to sell you that, I'm not sure I need I need what this player is doing because I don't have anything. So I feel like the sales pitch works. It, but you just if you're offering a stupid lopsided trade, just like and if anyone doesn't know this reference, go on YouTube, search the movie Boiler Room and Ben Affleck and just look at the Ben Affleck speech where he says, don't waste my freaking time. Yeah, it's not the sales pitch. It's the pitching. My guy sucks and your guy is great. Uh, if you're pitching, oh, I need a second baseman, you need an outfielder, that's different. If you're pitching, you know, if you're pitching, right. you know, Ozzy Albies is one for 30 and Bubba Gump has six home runs this week, so don't, don't do that. Yeah, don't can we that. change that? Can we, instead of Bob from accounting, can we do Bubba Gump from the sea or something like that? <laughs> I mean, we could do whatever we want on Family Bubba time. Gump from the boat, from the shrimp boat. In the I don't know. They were, pretty, they were pretty good business people and that company actually exists, so, you know. Yeah, we got involved with some kind of fruit company. company. Yeah, <laughs> Apple. Exactly, right? 
Pretty good, pretty <laughs> good business people. Pay about money anymore. <laughs> oh man. All right, guys, let's go to the family table. Our final little cool down. It's been a lot of fun talking about trades with all of you here on Family Times here. This is what we do because you're all part of our family table each and every week. We're going to bring something to the table because, hey, potluck dinner, it's always a good time. I'm going to start, guys. I'm going to cut the line and lead off this time because now that I've experienced it, I can go through it. This isn't a political debate on whether or not you should be getting the shot. Frankly, I don't care. But I do care, but not enough to start arguing with people all day long. I don't have that kind of time. But I will say this. For those that are planning on getting their shot and their second shot, 55 hours before that shot goes into your arm, the second one, drink water, seltzer, something that will hydrate you. No coffee, no tea, no soda. You might like it, but you could be without it for two to three days because here's what's going to happen. You're not going to get the chills. You're not going to get the fever or maybe even the crazy headache. Instead, you might feel tired and fatigued, but that's about it. But you got to load yourself up with water. I drank in the 55 hours leading up to my shot. I drank 10 liters of seltzer, 10 one liter bottles of seltzer. And you know what? No chills, no fever, no headache, just fatigue. And you guys can get it too. I've heard it from multiple people and that's how I did it. I'm raising the awareness. So guys, cells, I know that you're right there. You're in it. Keep slugging down that H2O, my friend. Trust and just on that. Yeah, I'm showing you all can't see on the podcast, but I'm showing the guys I got a 32 ounce, 64 ounce water bottle next to me that's been filled up, I don't know, about six times, uh, you know, leading up to the shot. So I just drink water. I'm not a big seltzer guy. That's you could drink, fine. You could drink Gatorade and, and split it half and half. It's going to taste not so great, but you're going to cut the sugar down. Um, but yeah, hydration is, is key. I'm about 27 hours after the shot and I don't really feel any effects from it. I did pass out about nine 30 last night, but that could be cause I have two raucous kids running around my house <laughs> and you work 23 hours a day and I work 23 hours a day. Um, and then I was up at like five 30 this morning anyway. So, uh, yeah. Um, what I'm bringing to the table is this do not draft Tim Tebow. <laughs> he has I re-signed a one-year deal with the Jacksonville Jaguars, which I have a problem with to begin with, because now you're taking a roster spot from a guy who's actually worked his tail end off in the eight years it's been since Tebow's been on a football field uh, to to try to get his uh, you know dreams of making the NFL a reality. And now that young kid is going to have to fight off. Uh, I don't know, what, 35-year-old guy who hasn't ever played tight end at any level of football ever in the history of the world. And the only reason he's there is because I think he's, you know, it's Urban Meyer, and Urban Meyer wants his former run-through-a-wall quarterback who wasn't even that good of a college quarterback to play and, you know, motivate the people. He's like a motivational speaker. Hey, that's a check. Great you're talking about, Sells. No. Um, (laughs) He wasn't good in Denver. He wasn't good with the Jets. He wasn't even good at Florida. Should not have been drafted. Um, Don't draft him in fantasy football. Please, dear God, 
Do not draft Tim Tebow and do not ask me about Tim Tebow. My answer will always be no. The guy is a terrible football player. He hasn't played in eight years. Who knows what kind of shape he's actually in because, you know, he probably stopped getting swole to go play in baseball and now he's going to have to jack himself back up. And by the way, the Jaguars still suck. So don't draft Tim Tebow. He's like six foot two, two twenty five. That's a good size tight note. <laughs> no, I, I'm with you. Uh, I will obviously. Look to the screen and punch you in the face, Alan. <laughs> I do have to update the projections though and give him something. Uh, uh-huh. I'm going to do some some fun side stuff. Uh, it is tournament time uh, again? As I have now the board game tournament on Twitter. So whatever day this goes up. Uh, go to the new set of polls. It'll probably be, I think it's in the second round by the time this goes up. I think tonight might be the end of the first. Uh, so get on and vote for the best board game of all time. And of course, don't miss every Friday, uh, Howard Bender and myself on Getting Buzzed, the newest stream from Fantasy Alarm. Yes, yes, a lot of fun. I got to be a special guest for episode two after, Ryan, you called me out episode one. And I appreciate you saying you didn't call me out directly. You did not. But no, I, you should have no, seen I, the I, chat between Grande, myself, and Impemba when uh, pro wrestling got mentioned and Impemba messages in all caps. What the? F- yeah. <laughs> hey, yeah, Ryan, you were right about that, man. You said it was going to rub some people the wrong way. And, you, you know, Two of you, your brought out, you brought out my alter ego, Judah McAfee. <laughs> You can't do that there, Ryan. You got to be careful. All you right? did a good job. You came, you brought it, you did it exactly how you did the show right. And uh, it was a good time with you. And uh, next time I trash professional wrestling, we'll have you on again. You trash professional wrestling Twitter for the most part. I, I kind of understand that. Although I'm going to be starting to put up more old school stuff like that because people like the old school wrestling stuff. And just like I always like hanging with my boys, Ryan Hallam, Matt Sells. You can follow Ryan Hallam on Twitter at Fighting Chance. By the way, that's where you're going to find those polls as well because who doesn't like a tournament, right? We all do. Come on. We all like debating on who should be the one seeds. You give Matt Sells a follow on Twitter at the salesman and you can catch all of his nascar content fantasyalarm.com in that nascar section you catch me on alarm after hours on sirius xm monday through friday midnight eastern and always on the site getting you ready for nba even with the playoffs still going to be getting you ready as well a lot of fun stuff upcoming and as always with all of you we always dominate no other option we just win